0: Hi, and welcome to Ubcast, your Star Wars cartoon podcast. My name is Matt, I used to believe that being a good soldier meant doing everything they told you to. That's how they engineered us, but we're not droids, we're not programmed, you have to learn to make your own decisions.
1: Uh, okay. And I am Jamie, and I am no Jedi. <laughs> I wasn't sure when it was gonna end, so I was just like, "Uh, okay."
0: Yeah, I warned you it was long and obnoxious, but I've been making my quotes very topical.
1: Yeah, I've um, been think I've been thinking about that. I, I need to start doing that, but uh, I I still I'm just trying to work through the ones that I've that I've had forever.
0: All right, so today we are still in Bad Batch. We're doing season one, episode seven, "Battle Scars," which originally aired on. June 11th, 2021, which is today um, But before we get to that We always like to touch base Pretend like we haven't talked to each other Every day this week Did you do any Star Wars, Jamie?
1: I I Honestly, I don't think I did Other than The, uh, the little um, Like inch and a half Grogu Action figure that I have At my desk that I play with during meetings Or when I'm just trying to think I have not really done anything Star Wars related at all. It That's um, really out of character for me. So, I don't know, i got to pick That's up my okay. game.
0: You watched, you watched an episode of Bad Batch and you recorded a podcast on something. This week I actually got a book in the mail that I was pretty excited about. I got,
1: what? Sorry, I, I, read, I read the first War of the Bounty Hunters because I realized that I had listened, read the wrong one after you had talked to me. I'm sorry.
0: So okay, so you, you actually read you read the proper number one for mm-hmm. War of the Bounty Hunters? Yes. Okay, we well, can talk about that too in a minute. But uh, I got a book in the mail that I've been looking forward to. It was the an- annotated screenplays for the first three um, movies, the original trilogy. It was a book released in the 90s, and it's just a gap. I have very little script reference material in my library, and I, I looked it up on eBay and it was like five bucks. And it's a pretty big book. And it's got different versions of the scripts and notes and things where they changed things. And it's used a lot in sort of writing about Star Wars and like the thought process. And it's widely considered to be the best book about the original trilogy scripts. And I ordered it and it came this week. Um, took a couple weeks to get here, but it came this week and I flipped through it. A couple times, especially Empire, because I really like that Lee Brackett draft of Empire. And there's a ton of info in this book. I'm very, for five bucks, it's a very easy win. Um, so I'm very excited about that. Oh, cool. Um, other than that, I edited a podcast and I watched a couple episodes of Bad Batch. Had a pretty light week myself. Work is still kicking my butt. So I'm not getting a lot of free time. These days, but I'm glad we get to do this thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I actually, I, now that I think about it, I did watch a few episodes of uh, the Clone Wars and um, and Rebels, and then like uh, the Ahsoka episode of uh, the Mandalorian. Actually, I just cut through to like the uh, the the various uh, lightsaber battles. It was um, oh, I love that so much. ahsoka's such a great character i just oh just 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 great i'm really looking forward to the ahsoka series and seeing where so
0: so let's rebuild let's rebuild this narrative you started off by saying you didn't do anything and now you've read a comic watched a couple episodes of a cartoon and then was scanning through the mandalorian to look at ahsoka lightsaber battles
1: yeah, it's I do so much Star Wars stuff that it's just like if I'm not like, if there's nothing that just sticks out in my, if I don't do something out of the ordinary, it doesn't yeah, stick sure. out. But you know, normally it's just like, yeah, that's is stuff I do. I just peruse episodes that I like, just to watch the parts that I like. Cause like, at least once a month, watch the Battle of Scarif, because that is prime Star Wars. That's it doesn't get any better than that. Watched that a long time. I haven't watched that in a long time the whole movie is great but the second that you see like the that you're uh, you're like they get they have the camera on the kind of like near the back of the the X-wing and you see it the going through hyperspace and then it just pops out of hyperspace above Scarif that's like this like super boner material right there for Star Wars Nerds like me it's just like holy cow it is just so awesome and just the cinematography um, that they did uh, with all like the the space battle and uh, the things on the ground. I just oh, I I I love it so much.
0: Yeah, I remember that in the theater. That's probably one of my favorite Disney moments in the theater. Is just seeing that battle play out and the whole thing it just kept getting better and better and better.
1: Yeah, I I wish you know it it is what I it is what I wish the the end battle of um, Rise of Skywalker could be could or should have been because it's very you know like the it's it, it, I I love the fact that like like Poe's giving up hope and then all of a sudden Lando like shows up and tells him that he's not alone and then you just see like it has to be like thousands you know of just ships showing up yeah. and then you just see ones that you know like the Millennium Falcon and the Ghost and then there's a bunch of other ones and it's just like oh, glued to the you know just glued to the seat at the same time I just want to jump out of my skin and just be like yeah 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 exactly so um have we ever talked about on the podcast how like nobody nobody would help Leia a a well-known respected leader Yet everybody came to the call when a known womanizing con man uh, asked for their help.
0: Well Lando is known all over the galaxy. Right. Yeah, there's there's structural problems. We can maybe we can do a supplemental sometime and we talk about the things that we liked and didn't like about the sequel trilogy as a whole and debrief on
1: that. I thought it was very kind of very apt to whether they meant to it to be, I don't think they did, but it was very apt towards our political uh, environment. How, like, people who are, like, you know, who are career civil servants who do a lot of really good things are just, like, cast aside, and somebody who's just a liar and a cheat can get everybody motivated to do whatever. There you go.
0: <laughs> never thought, never thought of, through that toxic lens, but you're probably. You probably have something there. I do want to touch on the comic real quick. I don't want to get into a big, big thing because we have a lot of show to get through. But uh, now you know that... Spoiler for the comics, everybody. If you don't want to to hear a spoiler for the comics, skip forward for two minutes. But now you know that Kira stole Han.
1: Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, when we say stole Han, there's there's an in-between where Boba Fett has to get Han's uh Carbonite uh thing fixed because he's thawing out and in between that uh <clears throat> Han uh still frozen Carbonite is stolen and he's stolen by uh Crimson Dawn who is led by Kira. So that's pretty sweet.
0: I love it. I love yeah. every every bit of it. I love every single piece of it and I'm hooked of yeah. So I will I'll follow it to the end, and maybe we can do a little supplemental wrap up on it sometime. But I loved it.
1: There's even a reference to they could, they don't they don't say Mall, but they're apparently Crimson Dawn has been kind of you know kind of uh, on the down low for a while, and the Huts are like what well, they're back, and it's like well you know who leads them right, and um, you know in reference to Mall. Um, So it's.
0: Exactly. It's cool. This is a connective tissue that I'm always looking for in Star Wars, and it's so respectful to Solo and Kira. I mean, the Solo movie, and Kira, the character. And there's tie ins to the cartoons now because Maul shows up as a crime boss in, in Clone Wars and could potentially show up. Like, Drayden could. Potentially show up in Bad Batch because he was in one of the episodes of Clone Wars as a hologram.
1: Right, I never so, thought of that.
0: And so he's he's an active player. Do we have anything else we want to talk about before we get into the
1: episode review? Well, there's tons of stuff, but um, we when there's only so much time in the day, so. Why and someone we... has to edit this. <laughs> so why don't we why don't we get uh, why don't we started?
0: All right, so I like the. Take a few minutes at the top to talk about the writer and the director. We've talked about both of these people before. Um, So, the director is Saul Ruiz. Um, He was a director on Clone Wars Rebels Resistance, and this is his third episode of Bad Batch. Um, He directed the first episode, Aftermath. Um, So, we've already talked about him. But if we go digging back into his history, he was the cinematic director for The Force Unleashed 2. And we've never talked about that video game, but I thought you would enjoy that little piece of trivia. Yeah. And the writer for this episode is Jennifer Corbett. We've also talked about her, because she was the writer for episode one, Aftermath. And she did three episodes of Resistance as well. We haven't reviewed Resistance on our show yet, but we will. Um, When I go digging back into her past, she was a producer on NCIS, which is a popular... um, Uh. Crease procedural on CBS.
1: Yeah, little known fact, it was uh, it spawned off of uh, the show Jag. Have you ever watched that show?
0: Uh, I watched a lot of NCIS, but I've never watched Jag. So yeah, my it, bad. Uh,
1: it was it was a product of its time. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> but um, I, I enjoyed it because I'm lame. No, no harm,
0: no harm there. So that's our that's our sort of production cast or or at least our writer-director. So now we're going to go into the review. So once again, the show just drops us right into the action. It opens up with a Havoc Marauder flying away from a planet moon system while being pursued by three little gunships, and they're being shot at. Um, Hunters in the rear gun turret asking, why aren't they going into hyperspace? Echo and Tech are in the cockpit, repairing the ship, trying to get it to go into hyperspace, trying to fix the hyperdrive. While Omega and Wrecker are in the main cabin of the ship, strapping themselves into those sort of over-shoulder roller coaster restraints that they have, and they're also they also have this sort of crate, like an animal crate, with them. And there's an, something in it. So the ship's being shot at it's sort of bouncing around, and Omega says, I don't think Ruby likes that. While an animal growls and screeches from the cage, and Wrecker sort of incredulously asks, You named it? So there's more conversations happening, and then Omega reveals that the people that are shooting at them are called the Rokai, and they're shooting at them because they stole this lizard from them. The crate falls over, and this sort of small dog-sized lizard runs out and sort of face hugs Wrecker's face. It's very alien in its presentation. It sort of just grabs onto him. Wrecker does not take this well. He's running around the ship and eventually he rips it off and Omega slams the crate down over it and the ship pops into hyperspace all at the same time. It's a very energetic opening. So we're back at Sid's. She collects the lizard from the Bad Batch. Hunter asks why she wanted the lizard. She doesn't know and says they shouldn't care. They sort of have a slow-motion argument about it, but Sid shuts it down. The Bad Batch follows Sid into the back, except for Wrecker and Omega, who want to go someplace else. As the Bad Batch goes into the back, they notice someone in a cloak sitting in the corner. I wanted to ask you at this point, who did you think was in the cloak?
1: I was really, really worried that uh, it was going to be Ahsoka, but it quickly became apparent that it wasn't, and I was just like, "Oh, thank, you.
0: thank you." The very, the very first time they showed the person in the cloak, I it was just the eyes, I think, and I thought, "Oh no, it's Ahsoka," and I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't tell, and I was like, "Oh, this is going to be a fun recording if this is Ahsoka."
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I honestly, I did not. I didn't think it would be Rex. I didn't know who to think it would be.
0: Well, no. you're, you're, you're a paragraph ahead of me now, but yeah. Um, it was Rex, but I did not think it was going to be Rex. All right, so Sid, Sid pays the Bad Batch a few credits, but it's not enough. Sid explains how the Bad Batch are actually in debt to Sid for fuel, docking fees, and 20 cartons of something called Mantell Mix. Uh, you cut to Omega and Wrecker, who aren't at this meeting out on the street ordering mantel mix from a street vendor it looks to be like kettle kettle corn corn. yeah yeah
1: (laughs) yeah i thought um i kind of like the well i'm not like it but i the the idea that they're becoming like endangered servants uh like the sleazy business practices like oh you you work here but you can only buy things you know from the store commissary or from the you know from the not the store commissary but the um the commissary of for the business like you you can't have your own equipment you can't you know and like like everything that you use you know we're charging you for basically you just where you can't escape debt
0: exactly and so this is the trap that they find themselves in and they're naive enough to not realize that this is a a pretty standard trap but it's great that they're falling into it um I do want to point out that when you cut to omega and wrecker ordering the mantel mix they're ordering two and sid says that there are 20 cartons they're in debt for 20 cartons of it <laughs> so this means that they've done this 10 times not counting this time
1: mm-hmm.
0: so this is a clock we have for how long they've been there they've been there for approximately 10 missions
1: yeah you know and so who knows you know, like 10 successful missions, at least.
0: Yeah, 10 successful missions, because this is the reward for a good job. All right, back, back in the bar, the Ithorian Bolo tries to get the cloaked figure sitting in the corner to give up a seat. Cloaked figure isn't having it, sort of pulls a blaster. In Sid's office, Sid tells the Bad Batch they need to pull off a big score to pay her back. Um, she's throwing the droid head from the Martell sisters episode back in their face as a huge failure. They hear a muffled blaster go off through the wall and they all rush out to the bar. The weak hit the weak way catch and Lithorian Bolo are running out of the bar, and the person in the cloak is revealed to be Rex, the captain Rex, obviously. Um, Sid is upset that more clones are showing up. She she really hits like a nine on her anger level here. Um, she does not want to become a clone bar yeah. for lots of reasons. <laughs>
1: because they'll start a nuclear war at the Clone Bar. Clone Bar.
0: There you go. (laughs) Um, So, she just walks off. We sort of smash cut to the future and Rex and the Bad Batch are catching up over some drinks. I just assume they just watched all the episodes of Bad Batch and the last arc of Clone Wars together. Because they all seem to be caught up with each other. Um, Tech reveals that Rex is listed as killed in action in the Imperial database. I love that little detail, Yeah. because that is in line with what we know from the Ahsoka book. Rex tells the Bad Batch that Trace and Rafa Martez um, sold them out, Turn mm-hmm. them in. And the Bad Batch brings Rex up to date on Omega. Omega meets Rex and identifies him as a Batch 1 clone. I thought this was pretty fascinating. And Wrecker starts to complain about a headache again and asks Tech for a med patch. Rex pretty much immediately recognizes what's happening and goes for his gun. Yeah, this is a great okay. this is a
1: great scene. Yeah, very. Want uh, to about it? <laughs> no, just the just the standoff because there's a there's not too many standoffs that I recommend that 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 I remember from uh, the uh, the movies or anywhere else, but like in the Mandalorian, there's been a few standoffs and it's just you know Rex does the thing where you know like he's pulls his cloak you know away from his gun and he's just. You know he's just got it, just hovering there, just waiting.
0: He also does it really subtly, because when he, because first he sort of positions his body, so his gun is, so his holster, his holstered weapon is more pointed toward his hand, but his cloak is still over it. But his hand is moving back slowly, and he's trying to figure out what's going on. And when he, when Tech tells him that they still have their chips, he just slips the cloak off the gun and he's right there, like, ready to shoot them if something bad happens. Like, he's not messing around. He's still traumatized from um, what happened to him and Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Rightfully so. Um, tech tells Rex not to worry about the chips. He claims that they're immune because of their other defects. Rex correctly points out that they don't know that, and that they, if they still have their chips, they're a danger to everyone around them. And Rex says that he will help them remove their chips and will be in contact. This is a... I really like Rex's character in this scene, though. It is so... I, I don't know why he shows up, except maybe we can talk about that at the end. Like, what's Rex's motivation for tracking them down? Um, but once he sees the state they're in, whatever mission he was on, 100% changes.
1: Yeah. Like
0: now now the mission is we have to fix these guys because they're gonna kill everybody.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm glad they I mean I, I knew they're gonna bring him back and it's you know, I'm I'm glad to see that uh D. Bradley Baker is getting some work. But um He's playing like nine people in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but the 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 not messing around part. You know, there's just some some like silliness with they, you know, the lizard, you know getting away, you know, and then attaching itself to Wrecker, and then, you know, Wrecker and Omega getting, you know, like, the snacks, but just right away, it's just, it goes from, like, kind of, like, fun to, like, serious, and, like, Rex is not fucking around. That's what, that's what I like, because so many times, they're just kind of like, eh, yeah, know, whatever, we should get this thing taken care of, but first, let's go do X, Y, and Z, you know, which usually is somehow yeah. services the plot, but this is, you know, this is the writers being like, No, this is deadly serious. Gotta take care of this now.
0: Yeah, they saw the clones on collar turn and they didn't understand it. They understand the danger, but they didn't it didn't really I mean, I guess they saw their friend go through it too, but it didn't really sink in somehow that this could actually happen to them. And Rex is like the voice of reason, or like like the voice of trauma or something. He's he's there as like the adult saying like, you're broken, he's breaking in front of you, and once he's broken, he'll kill all of you. Yeah.
1: And including it's such Omega. A,
0: it's such a, yeah, including Omega. Like, and, and it's such a reality check. I love it. So now we see the Bad Batch back in hyperspace. They're meeting with up with Rex on a planet called Bracca. Yeah, I like this. Yeah, I want to talk about Bracca a lot. <laughs> so Wrecker is having more headaches... And he doesn't like this plan. Omega reveals that she does not have an inhibitor chip while they're talking, which I I like that they put that in there to sort of explain, set her aside. But I also like that she thinks she doesn't have an inhibitor chip because she, I'm not sure she knows. But we'll see. And Tech is working on a scanner. It's almost finished. Wrecker repetitively states that he does not want to have brain surgery. So let's talk about BRCA for a second. I love this planet. Yeah. It is a junkyard planet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it is so amazing looking. Yeah, it's I, hats off to the art department.
1: Yeah, well it's it's the planet from Fallen Order where Cal Kestis uh, is hiding out.
0: Oh shit, it is? Yes. Wow. Didn't know that.
1: Yeah, so Cal Kestis is in, you know, is in this episode, sort of. <laughs> he's, he's somewhere, you know. He's still a kid, you know, at this point, hiding.
0: It's around. It's around the right time for him, right? Because he, he's on that planet a few years later, I guess.
1: Yeah, well, he's just a little. He's just a little kid. He's like my, it's like my son's age, when Order sixty six yeah, like, happens.
0: It's like twelve or something, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 If you haven't played Fallen Order play Fallen Order or go on YouTube watch the cutscenes for Order 66 it's great because he's just he's just a little kid his master gets killed and he gets you know he just gets shoved into an escape pod and he's just he's just a wreck and he acts just like a little kid would who's just had his world crumble in front of him it's 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 great I really, really uh, recommend it.
0: Yeah, thanks for thanks for pointing that out to me. My son, my son's played that game thoroughly, and I'm not a big video gamer, as we've discussed on the podcast. I've watched them play it, but I I did not do research on Bracca. I just thought it was a beautiful planet. But yeah, he does work in like a shipyard where he's like they're dismantling ships and stuff, right?
1: Oh yeah, and um, it's also in the um, the book leading up to uh, Rise of Skywalker. That's where the first order is dismantling um, <clears throat> new republic ships and they go in and steal a bunch of ships. That's Bracca. Alright,
0: thank you. That that is amazing. That makes me love this planet even more. I thought it was so beautiful for like a planet full of wrecked ships. Mm-hmm. So so they're on Bracca and they're just crashed Vender class Jedi cruisers everywhere. The Bad Batch land, meet up with Rex. And they start working their way to a wrecked cruiser. Um, the planet is patrolled by the Scrapper Guild, which I assume we'll have a lot more to talk about them now. That it, that they're the same group that's sort of running the show in Fallen Order. Yeah. But this is the reason they have to be stealthy. They have to be sort of sneaking around on the planet.
1: Yeah. They're, yeah. They're also mentioned in uh, Resistance Reborn too, or, or at least that the um, you know that they're the ones that are in control of the planet.
0: That's amazing. I I completely missed that connection um thank you so much
1: yeah and i don't know if you noticed that oh maybe it was at the very end of the episode but i'm pretty sure it was at the this point where see them land and you see this ship that rex came in it was the x-wing that he and ahsoka or not the x-wing the the y-wing the y-wing yeah
0: the y-wing yeah i love that detail too i think and can we talk about the guild for a second sure because the first time so i didn't have the context that they're from The video game but the first time i saw them i was like they look like darth revan their face masks look like like revan's mask
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i know i i agree
0: it's just it's just so visually striking to like see that in a in a show It's like like i really want to know more about these people now that i know that they're in these other materials i can read a lot more about them but wow all right do you want to take it from here
1: uh sure So as uh, they pass by a lake, or what would be considered a lake, I guess, on a planet that just is filled with, you know, scrapped ships, you know, that water rustles a bit. Rex rightly says that everyone should probably stay away from the water. And this is, you know, this is definitely foreshadowing. Rex and the Bad Batch gets inside a Jedi cruiser. Rex uh, says that Fives tried to warn them about the chips, but he didn't really understand at the time. The Bad Batch tells Rex that Omega is the one who told them about the chips.
0: So my, my other quote for today that I decided not to do because it was too, I don't know, the context was too narrow, but you would have gotten it, was find him, find him, fives, find him. Because uh. that's, what Rex, that's what Rex says when he's suffering the onset of Order 66 and he points his blasters at Ahsoka. He yells, find fives, find him.
1: Cool. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a cool um yeah, that's a that's a that's a cool quote. I never would have thought of that one. And so they're going through the corridor and Rex vaguely tells the story of his chip removal. He makes sure not to say what happened exactly. Uh they're headed toward the medical bay and a section of the corridor is missing, so they have to kind of do well, not exactly what Luke and Leia did at uh you know, in the Death Star, but they they have to um Put a rope over, and then they all climb over. And Wrecker's the last one to go. He's, you know, he's heavy, and he's also a little scared of heights. And the cable gives way, and he ends up falling and hanging upside down, you know, right above a pool of water. It really smells. He's complaining a bit. Uh, Omega sees a huge uh, moving shape in the water. A tentacle grabs Wrecker, and there's a struggle between uh, the clones and, and Wrecker and the thing that's pulling him underwater. He resurfaces, and the Bad Batch pull him up while shooting at the Beast. Uh, and, um, they finally get him up. and uh, I didn't know it at the time, but this is a Dianoga. Well, I didn't recognize it as a Dianoga, but the subtitles told me it was a Dianoga, and then it, obviously it makes sense.
0: Yeah, so so this was a really exciting moment for me um, for our podcast, because I didn't recognize it as a Dianoga, and I wasn't watching it with the subtitles um I don't typically watch it with the subtitles on. I was thoroughly confused by
1: what this animal was. Well, I I, and was, I thought. Well, I was thinking it was going to be the thing that um that the um oh shoot, that the corn tried to uh feed Grogu to and then tried to you know feed uh uh Din Djarin uh, to. That's a Oh, the, good call. That's what I originally thought it was.
0: Do you, do we know what animal that is though? <sighs>
1: It probably has a name. I mean, everything well, Star Wars well, I'll has look a
0: name. It, I'll look it up. I'll look it up. But do you know what I thought it was originally? No. I thought it was. I thought it was a raftar.
1: Oh man, that would have been sweet.
0: <laughs> and I was like, "Holy shit, is that a Rath-tar? And I thought, if that's a fucking Rath-tar, two weeks ago we talked about putting Rath-tars in the show. <laughs> I was like, that would be so perfect. It's also a great. It's a great place to put it, right? I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like Dianogas, that looked really menacing for a Dianoga.
1: Yeah, awfully big.
0: If you look up Dianogas in Wikipedia now, they say they're sentient because of your favorite book, From a Certain Point of View, there's a a short story told from the point of view of the Dianoga that tries to drown Luke, and how it only didn't drown him because the Dianoga itself was Force-sensitive, and could sense that he was Force-sensitive. <laughs> which is, you take that story or leave it, it doesn't much matter. But I'll, I'll leave it. It, establish, it establishes the Dianoga as an intelligent, Force-sensitive being who lives in trash. Mm-hmm. And But I've always viewed them, like from the toys, because there's a Dianoga toy. Um, it doesn't look like that and when i first saw it i and when i was doing notes for the show it was called a Dinoga in wikipedia and i was like how did they find that out and then you told me before we started recording that you watched it with the subtitles and it said it was a dinoga. and i was like oh okay so this we don't have access to the scripts of these things like we normally would um so we don't know all of these details so sure it's a dinoga. i love it's a callback it's a species we've we've seen in a couple of different things but i think it would have been a really awesome if it was a Wrath Tar. Yeah. Personally.
1: Yeah, I was I was looking that Wrath Tar has actually been in a couple of the comics, so but hopefully they can make it into a, a series.
0: Yeah, we talked about that on on, a pre- on the show a couple weeks ago where they're in comics but they're they've never been on screen outside of the Force Awakens.
1: Alright, so the group make it the rest of the way to the Mer- Medical Bay which is full of the uh, Bracca equivalent of rats. Tex point out that it's not a sterile environment, but it's the only one they have. Echo calibrates the surgical pod while Tex scans Wrecker. Wrecker definitely doesn't like the scan, and his headache is is getting way worse. Omega is worried for Wrecker, she's not sure the surgery is a good idea. And Omega is afraid that if something goes wrong, she'll be all alone. Now shes It's fair to say that she and Wrecker kind of have a special bond, because they're they're basically both kids. You know, Wrecker is, he's a big, tough guy, but he's also, I don't want to say simple, but just he's not, he's, he's very childlike.
0: I saw a tweet today that sort of re-zeroed my thinking about Wrecker. Um, when someone says, someone, this tweet said, Wrecker's the only clone that acts as age. <laughs> because he might be eight. Yeah. Right hmm and once I saw that, I was like, yep, his defect is that his he's growing fast and he's big, but his mental capacity is not growing as fast as his body. that's a, that's a perfect explanation for him. So he's still a little immature. He and Omega definitely play yeah, like little kid games.
1: So yeah, he's got a stuffed I was a stuffed animal.
0: I was a, I was a little confused why Omega thought she would be all alone. That's how she put it. Because if it didn't because, work
1: if they died during the process, that she would be left alone.
0: But did she think that they would if Brecker died in the tube, that like Echo would get in next and do it? I guess that's the plan. Yeah. But I don't know. It seems it seems I understand that it's drama and it's like a little kid trying to understand like her family, every member of her family needs brain surgery all of a sudden. Yeah. And she's trying to wrap her head around it. And I really feel for her. But when she said, like, I'll be all alone, I was like, well, at minimum, you'll be stuck with Rex. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't want to shit on her trauma. So <laughs> we can keep going.
1: Yeah. So Tech is able to locate the chip in Wrecker's head. Wrecker says that there is very few clones that were immune to Order 66, which is interesting didn't really know
0: yeah can we pause here for a second sure he says very few clones meaning there are other clones that were immune to this
1: right yeah because I'm assuming it's not just cut he's talking about so maybe Gregor and Wolf I I don't know
0: I don't know because doesn't doesn't Wolf pull a gun on Kanan saying that he's here for revenge yeah
1: uh, this is what
0: I this is this is one of the things I want to know. Like, are we going to see um, Wolf, Rex, and Gregor form their little squad together in this series?
1: It's it's possible. I want it. Yeah.
0: I want it because I want to know exactly what Wolf did, and if he did carry out Order Sixty Six. Obviously, he's redeemable because he was not in control of himself. But like, does Rex find him, help him, remove his chip? And then help him deal with the trauma of that, because I think this is a huge opportunity for the show.
1: Yeah, I, I, I was under the impression, and granted, I could be wrong, you know, because it's totally up for whoever ends up writing the shit. There's just that, uh, like when, when he pulls the gun on Caden because he says like the Jedi are here for revenge. It's like he's not, you know, he's not uh, admitting to anything. But he knows why the Jedi would be coming to get revenge on clones.
0: Sure. I mean, you're right. Someone's gonna write this story eventually and it's oh, there's a one in a million chance it's gonna be us. Yeah. So I'm saying <laughs> so I'm saying there's a chance.
1: <laughs> so, that's <what> you said.
0: <laughs> but we'll we'll wait we'll wait for the, the deal out there, but it could be either way, honestly.
1: All right, so let's see, where, where we okay, so tech goes to Sedate Wrecker and then Wrecker snaps. Uh, Order 66 finally, the chip finally breaks through to Wrecker. Wrecker is all, he, you know, he's all Order 66, red clone now. He's, you know, he's going ki- um, to kill, because he heard them say that they let the Padawan go. I think this is kind of what helps, because he realizes that they're traitors, because they let, they let, uh, Caleb Doom, aka Kanan Go.
0: Yeah, so, so this is we had this conversation a couple weeks ago about what would happen if Rex's chip activated, and records? I said that, yeah, Rex sorry it's, chip activated, it's hard. Yeah, it's all it's all Bradley. It's all he's doing the same voices, right? Mm-hmm. You no, know, the when records chip activated, I said that he would turn on the clones because the clones disobeying order 66 were targets of order 66. And that's exactly what happens, right? It's, it's well-timed for them talking about how at least the Padawan escaped. Mm -hmm. And that could be the thing that trips him because that's what trips, um, Crosshair is thinking that is figuring out or piecing together that Hunter let Caleb escape that's what pushes him over the edge and so it's it's really them committing treason by not killing the jedi that makes him snap and this moment we knew it was coming i was immediately terrified
1: yeah me too because Because
0: he grabs tech by the neck and i thought like is he gonna like are you gonna are you brave enough to kill a character in the scene
1: yeah especially like that Wrecker chokes tech uh you lifts him up by his neck says he's in violation of Order 66 and starts shooting at the other members of the Batch and Rex Hunter, Echo, and Rex draw Wrecker out of the med bay. Omega stays with Tech who's been thrown against a wall and, and is out Rex tries to stun him and Hunter tries grappling with Wrecker and they have a knife fight but it's definitely not working Wrecker is str- strangling Hunter when Omega takes a shot, shot at him Wrecker then pursues her through the ship, and uh, she hides in a room full of debris. Wrecker flips over debris until he finds her. Omega points a blaster at him, and she is pleading with him to stop. Wrecker knocks the blaster out of her hand. She begs him not to kill her, and he raises his rifle to, to shoot her, and saying, Good soldier, follow orders, and Rex stuns him from behind. I didn't think Omega was in any serious danger because of just plot armor, but this was this was rough because they've they've made it clear that they have a very special bond. So this is pretty much like abu- this is like an abusive parent coming to just beat the shit out of their kid and the kid is just don't hurt me, don't hurt me. Yeah, maybe more like a like a bigger brother or something like that, but just the like the they they've they played the terror very well because like this person you know, the one you know, the one person that, you know, like probably, you know, Likes Omega more than anything else is is Wrecker because he's just he's just good with kids because he is just kind of a kid.
0: Yeah, so there's a lot in this short sequence that we can talk about. I completely agree. This was you believe Omega is going to going to not be killed by Wrecker for lots of reasons because it's a kid show, but if you have ever been in a situation like that, it was pitch perfect. You know, it Mm -hmm. was like, like this can only end with someone getting really hurt very badly. Yeah. And, and you can, like, you can chalk it all up to the chip, right? And it is, you have this character who's like a big lovable teddy bear who cares about this girl more than anything, who's about to shoot her and all she can do like she can't even defend herself, right? Because, because her emotions are taking over too, and so she just begs him not to kill her. Mm-hmm. And he hesitates, I think, in this moment, but he's gonna do it. Yeah. And then Rex stuns him at the last second. But she does. In the hallway, she shoots at him, and it's not a stun. It's not a stun bolt. It's a. It's a blaster bolt end. but later when she's face to face with him she can't do it yeah and uh, i was very this was very upsetting
1: yeah and the f- the fact that they were able to get you know like i got so invested that i completely forgot about rex and rex is the one who ends up you know stunning him and you know and saving the day
0: well he was crushing he was crushing them in the hallway like he smashes hunter up against the wall and hunter's unconscious he he throws um, Echo at Rex and Echo accidentally shoots him with the stun blast, right? I mean, like, this is... It's a terrible fight for them. They can't beat him. Yeah. No matter what tactic they use, they can't win. And so they have to have him distracted.
1: Yeah, I was really... Man, I did not know where this was going to go. Because I was thinking, like, oh, is he going to somehow join Crosshair? You know, become a death trooper or whatever. But, um... No, that was not meant to be. You know, you know, back in the med bay, you know, Wrecker is in the surgical pod and the chip is removed. Uh, he he doesn't wake up like Rex did. Tex says that Wrecker's alive, but he's not stable. Omega decides that to stay by his bedside until he wakes up. And eventually, in uh, about a doesn't they don't really say how much time passes. And Wrecker wakes up. He's his old self. Wrecker says one chip down, three to go, and then some uh you know time elapses again and you know they uh they show that they've all you know had their their um, their chips removed you show it shows tech with you know like his receding hairline is a little bit bigger and he's got a big you know patch you know on his on his head and I was I was hoping to see like hunter with short hair but they didn't do that
0: <laughs> that would have been fun it would have been actually lightening the mood too but they they all wake up and they they like do a wipe and they all have band-aids on their head, basically
1: mm-hmm. Wrecker apologized to Omega saying that he couldn't control it. He said he tried to fight it, but it was just too powerful. Omega accepts the apology and gives him some mentel mix that she had in her pocket because they completed a mission successfully outside Hunter finds Rex on his comm talking about a rendezvous. Rex asks Hunter to join the growing fight for the Republic because Rex is says he's still fighting for the Republic, you know. So his fight is now against the Empire, which is strange because when we meet him in Rebels, he's just happy being, you know, uh, retired, retired and you know fishing, basically.
0: Yeah, there's there's definitely going to have to be a Rex arc somehow because he's still a soldier at this point. There's a great there's a great moment. Sort of in the surgery scene, where Rex is just staring at his helmet, like, contemplatively. And I want to know what he's thinking in that, because it's so hard to parse. But he's, like, looking at this relic from this war that's over. And his comrades are getting the surgery to remove the chip that was at the center of the lie of that war. And I want to know what he's thinking looking at his service helmet. Mm-hmm. Because he has to be—I don't know how you come out of that—not all
1: fucked up. Yeah, there's a specific episode in Rebels that addresses kind of like the the trauma of of the war, and you know, and what he went through. The uh, the one with the um, the battle droids that never turned off.
0: Right. Yeah, and how they have to have a last battle to determine who would have won.
1: Yeah. Rex and Hunter have a heart-to-heart. Rex leaves and tells them to stay in contact. and Hunter tells Rex to reach out if he finds himself in a bind, which is very at mesque. And uh, the Scrappers observe the conversation and notify the Empire, so we know probably what's going to be happening next episode or two. And I wonder, I'm wonder i wondering who Rex is talking to. Is he talking to the Martells? Is he talking to someone else? Maybe You know, other clones? You know, didn't follow through in Order sixty six, or at least had their chips removed.
0: I love the idea that Rex becomes the patron saint of clones. I love the idea that his that his penance is to go around helping clones that either didn't trigger, helping them hide, or helping the ones that did um, recover. Yeah, I love that. that if that's his arc, I, I would be super happy with that.
1: Yeah, that's. I mean, that would actually work, you know, be a good um, be a good arc. And then at the end, you know, once the stormtroopers come up and he realizes that it's, you know, he probably comes to the realization that it, Republic's not coming back. He's just, you know, just, you know, shoveling against the tide. And it's just easier just to kind of just let it go and just kind of ride it out.
0: Well, I mean, they age super fast. Right. And so they're going to start aging out and dying or disappearing and when they get replaced by war mantle or whatever the name of that project is then his job could be over and that that could be his reason for going into hiding in retirement right mm-hmm. but like who knows right i but i do want to see it i want to either read a book about rex or get a comic series or do this do it in this sort of format just show oh, us what happens
1: to rex yeah a comic series would be great it'd be wonderful Um, kind of like how Kanan was like Kanan, the last Padawan, like Rex, you know, Captain Rex, you know, Republic Patriot or something like that, you know, just, he's kind of like the, one of the last few people who's, who's still, you know, loyal to the old ways, you know, or he's, you know, fighting a losing fight, something like that, you know. So that's the end of the episode. What did, what did you think? Just talking about Bad
0: Batch as a series. We just passed the halfway point. No, we're just before the halfway point of the series. Because we're going to get 16 episodes, and this is episode 7. This might be the best episode.
1: Yeah, I loved this of episode. the series
0: so far. And I'm glad we're on the same page, because I, I couldn't be happier with this payoff of the chip. Mm-hmm. Because they've been teasing it. They've teased it in at least three, three of these six previous episodes. That this chip is there. I mean, not even counting that, that Crosshair's chip worked, mm-hmm. right? They've teased that, that Wrecker's chip is activating. Um, and the payoff here was wonderful from, like, the way they shot it in the ship. It was like a horror movie, you know? And they they had to stop him, but they didn't want to kill him. And he they made the strongest character, the one that snapped... And the whole Omega wrecker relationship is so terrifying to see him because like this is the type of thing that people never forgive themselves for, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? This is like like, like he's completely out of control. If he would have hurt her and then come to, like there's no going back. you know, And mm-hmm. the whole thing is just so, and then the redemption of it all. At the end, when they get their chips out, it's just so good. And then the little stinger coda, like I called it the other day, with the hologram, is now the Empire knows about them. And so now we can finally revisit the Crosshair story, which is going to be next.
1: I was going to say, do you think that they're going to try to convince Crosshair to get it removed?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that has to be the arc. I think that has to be the rest of the show for them to, like, reassemble their team and get Crosshair out because now they know what happens, That how, like, the chip just takes over. Mm-hmm. Now all of the stuff that Crosshair was wrestling with doesn't seem that bad because he's not a free agent, right? He's reacting to the stimulus of the chip, so yeah, I think you can bring in that context. I think you can bring um, Crosshair back. At
1: the same time, though, like, would he?
0: Medical ethics question: Can you forcibly remove his chip? Probably well, not. Yeah, well, not, not, in our, not in our society.
1: Yeah, not so much that, but like, even still, like, he, you know, like, you know, he has a place in the Empire. You know, he's, you know, he's kind of like the start of something, you know, new.
0: But the last time we saw him, he was sitting in their barracks and he looked sad, like he looked alone. That is true. And so, and so he might be in a place where he regrets at least partially what's happening and, and needing his comrades again. But who knows, right? I mean, this is the story. The story is how far gone is he and how much of his behavior is, is due to the chip and how much of it's just just him. Mm -hmm. but I'm here for it you know if this is the story we're going to tell this is I think this is an incredible story and now the internal threat of the chip has been removed from the team and now all the threat is external because the second they get their chips out the story is like oh Empire here they are yeah right Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's that's exactly what happens. Like the second they get their chips out, they're like, "All right, so you're not going to kill each other. Let's uh let's add add back the external pressure to this group, yeah, exactly. which I think is brilliant."
1: Mm-hmm. So uh, we rank the episodes uh, by character. So a good, uh, good or great, you know, episode will have, a, you know, original trilogy character, you know, or at least a character that's you know beloved, like Han, Luke, Leia, Chewie. You know, C-3PO. If, if you're into that, if it's a really bad episode, well, you label it like um, Malachi, Maliki, the the Rancor Keeper, or the friend, or the uh, the Twi'lek that um, Fennec Shand uh, lets escape before Boba Fett comes and shoots um, Bib Fortuna. You know, just nameless characters don't mean anything. Or Dak. You know, because Dak wasn't a Dak wasn't that important, you know. Hating on Dak, huh? Yeah.
0: Dak, Dak gets a really cool, really cool scene in um, Lost Stars. So, hating on Dak.
1: Well, not that I hate Dak. It's just that they, they didn't care about him, you know. Like he he dies, and Luke crashes. Luke doesn't even check to see if he's still alive. He just Luke just escapes and lets him be squished. So yeah, he was, he was there, to, he was there to die. So uh, Matt, what is your, what is your ranking for this episode?
0: Yeah, I stated I liked it a lot, so I need to pick a good, a good character. So I think I'm going to pick like a Hera.
1: Hera? Okay.
0: Yeah. I think, I think this is for an overall plot for this series. I think it's really important I think this episode is really important. It's so well shot, so well done. I loved Bracca as a planet. I loved how they shot the Wrecker stuff. I think emotionally it hits hard and right. So I'll give it Hera. How about you?
1: This will be kind of like timely, a little on the nose, but I'm going to give it a Wrecker. You know, there's a there's a lot more to this character than just the big dumb guy who loves to, you know, destroy things and watch things explode. You know, just you know, just seeing him like under the influence of Order 66 and the chips, and then like Omega staying by his side, and you know, just the you know, just just seeing the relationship they they have is you know, I thought it, I thought it was a great I thought it was great, so I give it a wrecker. Which
0: yeah, I love it. Good, it's a good call. So that's about it from us today. Um, so thanks again for downloading and listening. We'll make another one of these next week when they release another episode.
1: You know how to find us you know, on your uh, your local uh, podcatcher or Stitcher, or iTunes, or wherever. You know, be sure you know to tell a friend if you uh, liked it. A uh, friend who's into Star Wars, or if there's a friend who's not into Star Wars tell them about this podcast too because it'll probably piss them off alright, so we'll be back next week with episode 8 of Bad Batch talk to you later
2: thank you for downloading and listening to this episode we would also like to thank Jordan White for the use of his cover of YubNode as our intro and outro music please refer to the show notes for photos, clips, and links from this episode Side effects from listening to YubCast may include dizziness, dry mouth, a sense of confusion, and decreased sex drive. Serious side effects may include speaking in Ewok, speculating the origins of prequel characters, and wondering why two grown men discuss children's cartoons on the internet. For a complete list of side effects or to complain about the show, please visit us on Twitter at YubCast or drop us an email at noochvaderproductions at gmail.com. Thanks again. We'll see you again next week with a new episode. YubCast is not affiliated with Lucasfilm or the Walt Disney Company. Star Wars, its characters, and creations are the property of Lucasfilm and its parent company, the Walt Disney Company. YubCast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Da 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 da